Hello, everybody. This, the thing that you're listening to right now, it's a podcast episode, and that podcast is none other than Free to a Good Home, a podcast hosted by myself. Uh, my name is Michael Hing, and another man who's joining me, he does it every time, it is Ben Jenkins. And Benjo, I'm so excited about our guest this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. me as well, Hing, because our um. guest is us. <laughs> Our guest is you, the listener. Um, we meant to record last week uh, with Sam Taunton. We couldn't do it because of, um, I think- That was a, me, that was a me problem that time, yeah. That and then was def- this time I'll, I'll we that. had to do it and uh, Sam couldn't make it. So it's just mm-hmm. you and I. But I think- It's just I you think, and I. I mean, I think really we're the draw cards to this podcast, Ben, you know? I think guests have been holding us back. That one episode that we did and unfortunately lost with Barack- Obama was. Oh yes, Barack I think, Obama. I think Barack Hussein Obama, the forty-fourth mm. president of the United yes, States. Yes, yes. Of a place called the, America, the United the States, United of, America, States you heard of America. Yep, forty-fourth mm. president of the United States, first president to appear on this podcast. Yeah, but not the first podcast that that president had appeared on. No, we actually uh, got his number from Mark Maron after he did yeah. WTF. Yeah, which was actually really indiscreet of Marin, I think. I think yeah. if the president gives you his phone number and goes on your show, you don't just hand that out. But his indiscretion was our gain. It was a wonderful episode. We spoke about all sorts of things. Aliens are real, which was something mm-hmm. that he, um, that he mm-hmm. discussed with us. We lost the episode. But the reason yeah. I bring up that episode is I think it's a great example of an episode where a guest probably outshone us. I'm yeah, I mean, struggling really- to think of another episode where a guest not even outshone us, but brought anything to the table. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know- what I will say about that podcast episode is often when we mm. lose these episodes, it's because mm. um, one of us, maybe me, mm-hmm. maybe you, sure. has sure. accidentally pressed Apple A and then delete while editing <laughs> it or something. Something something that. like that. Yeah. In this episode, um, the audio was mm-hmm. on a single USB and then mm-hmm. that was attacked by a rogue drone strike, um, which <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I thought- Which is suspicious, um, but we were encouraged yeah. not to look into it any further. So, I'm just yeah. going to drop it. Um, but um, we don't, we yeah, I didn't want to be list. the person who brought down the American president, you know? No. Gosh, gosh darn it. Um, we are guestless. We phoned around, um, mm-hmm. got Barry on the, the phone again. were unable to make the podcast. <laughs> uh, Cameron James didn't respond to my uh-huh. text. Tom mm-hmm. Walker said he was streaming. Um, mm-hmm. Reese Nicholson, who I also asked, uh, said he wasn't available today because mm-hmm. he was painting a comedy, uh, a comedy venue, but would, be, now, I uh, would asked... potentially be available in a future episode. Now, I asked somebody who I don't know if... <laughs> She was available because you answered on behalf of her, but I asked Tom if she would oh, like to sure. do it. Oh, sure. No, this- <laughs> And then I got a message the from- studio, <laughs> Yeah, I messaged, and unfortunately- Uh-huh. I messaged Tom saying, would you like to do the episode? And then I didn't get a reply from Hum. I got a reply from you saying- Hum would not like to do the episode. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just a technical thing, Ben. Unfortunately, uh-huh. the podcast studio here at Casa del Hing only uh-huh. fits one person in it. And if Hum and I were I'm, in here together, the acoustics would be all off, you know? I'm looking at- uh, You know, I can see you and I'm looking at where you are and there is like a whole- there is a, There's room for a snowboard and at least nine boxes. Hum <laughs> is smaller than all of those things. But- uh, Well, no, as we discussed on the podcast before, Ben, many of those boxes are filled with- um, cups from a failed cafe so you know so we are joined by uh close to ten thousand coffee cups yeah uh welcome so that's the guest that's the guest today um but how's your week been ben have you been have you, have you been busy this week what have you been up to 
Uh, this week's been good. I've actually, I've actually had Mo for most of this week. Um, I've had to take some leave from work um, and, uh, and, and, and take care of Mo. And it's been a delight. It's been mm. good. I almost had to push this podcast back even uh, further, this episode further, because prior to taping Hing, I went for a great big run. Yeah. And, um, and I messaged you and said, can we just push it back? Because I've, I've, I'm weirdly dizzy. Here's the thing, Michael Hing, that I think, uh, I think explains some of uh, this. I, I like to run a lot and I like to run quite fast. But I am, other than that specific thing that I like to do, very unfit. But mm. I run like somebody who's not. Okay. You see what I mean? You know how you sometimes see really fit people running quite fast and it seems to be, it seems to make sense? Mm. It's like seeing somebody who doesn't have the right voice for their face. Right. In terms or of- Or is it the- someone, is it someone, um, is, is, is this, I'm trying to think of a, an analogy. Is it like someone going on American Idol or Australian Idol or something and just- just doing a song that's a little bit too difficult for them, and they, and well, everyone yeah. knows what they should what it should sound like. <laughs> everyone knows because everyone's got it in my, their mind. They've heard the one yeah. they like, and then yeah. someone's yeah. just unable to hit those very high notes. Is that kind of what we're dealing with here? Kind of. Although I would say, and not to toot my own horn, that it would be because while I'm running, I look fine. While I'm running, I'm not in that much distress. It would be like if <laughs> it would be like if Susan Boyle came out, and everyone was like. Oh man, she's she's gonna be rubbish. Nails, I dream a dream, but then immediately collapses after. That would be what it's like. I got back from this run, Michael, and uh-huh. I messaged you and said I cannot start this podcast because I feel really dizzy. I drank a liter of water. That didn't help. So I ate. I'm holding up the rest of the bag here. I ate. I would say uh, at least 130 grams of Haribo jelly um, uh, gummy bears. What did you and, think that would achieve? Well, I thought it because I thought I had a sugar problem. Now I feel like a million bucks. So I think <laughs> I think what I did there is by drinking by drinking uh, this mineral water and all those gummy bears, um, I basically recreated Gatorade because it's just sugar. <laughs> I needed a bit of salt. Then. Do you think that that's um, what the you know that eternal um, trek that hum- that uh, mankind was on to find? Uh, the Fountain of Youth. Do you mm-hmm, think it was mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. Um, some Santa Victoria mineral water that people had thrown gummy bears in? Do you think that was what it <laughs> it's was? It's possible. It's, rest- it's restorative Victoria- properties, finally. <laughs> Is Santa Victoria just knock off Aldi Sandpel? I think it's... Um, yeah, I mean, I certainly don't mind it, but it's the, the, the big difference, and I'm mm-hmm. not an expert here, the big difference is that um, I don't think Santa Victoria is available in a glass bottle. Whereas San Pellegrino is. And I, I would, think when you're serving a chilled beverage, a glass bottle mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. a kind of a fancy thing that people like. Yeah, I don't like to serve people Santa Vittoria if they come over. If I've only got Santa Vittoria in the fridge, they can just go without. They can just be thirsty. Um, we um, have a podcast actually, announcement though, Ben, because uh, uh, yeah. not, only, not only is our podcast, this podcast, very, very successful. Uh, but mm-hmm. last night, we, oh, sorry, I say we, uh, you attended mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in my stead, in all of our stead, mm-hmm. a podcast awards mm-hmm. for a, a different podcast we do. I did. I attended the uh, podcast awards, uh, the Australian podcast awards. Uh, they are Australian podcasting night, night of nights. Mm. Uh, I attended on behalf of Dragon Friends, our other podcast that we, that we do. Um, now, I say attended, Michael. 
Mm. You and I have been to a few award shows uh, in our time for different things. The, the Logies, main- the Arias, I understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The main thing that you need to understand about award shows is that they are really boring. But in order to sort of make up for that, they give you some sort of, you know, like year 10 formal level food and mm. an open bar. And everybody sure. gets dressed up and it's nice. Now, yes. uh, because of, and I'm not sure if you're across this, Michael Hing, but the novel coronavirus. Oh, this uh, is this sort of a sort of a COVID-19. Sweeping the nation. COVID-19. Yeah. COVID yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've heard uh, of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's still happening to the point where they actually can't get everybody to frock up and, uh, and, and dress up and have a bar tab. So, it was all over Zoom. Oh, the organizers, delightful. <laughs> the organizers were very good about it. I, I have no, I have n- not an ill word to say about them other than that they did not let us win the award. We got shameful bronze, yeah. Michael. We got shameful oh. bronze. We, we lost to friend of the podcast, Lewis Hobber and Dan Illich's sort of uh, show. I say sort I'm of show. That's a- <laughs> yeah, a rational fear. It's a sort of show. It's a, short, yeah. it's a sort of award winning podcast, I suppose. Well, uh, it is now, certainly. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to go into work on Monday and sort of hang my head in shame because my radio partner, yeah. Lewis, has won a podcast award and I came shameful third in this uh, podcasting award. I don't know how I'll ever recover, frankly. Tony Martin, I think, came second. Well, he's a, he's uh, a legend of, of broadcasting, so you know, I'm okay listening to him. He wasn't there to pick up the award. His producer was. Uh, we, shouldn't have, we shouldn't have sent anyone. <laughs> we should have really, really Marlon Brando'd it, you know? <laughs> but I will say one of the funniest things about doing this over Zoom is that they they run a tight Zoom ship, right? They run a really tight Zoom ship. You log on, you sit in a waiting room for like two minutes and they put you on there. You're on a screen. Lucinda Price, who was hosting it, she says some things, you win or you lose. But the thing from the the perspective of the loser, Michael, which you Mm. would have experienced if you'd gone in my stead, is the second, like literally the second they announced that we had not won, that Irrational Fear had won, we were booted from the Zoom call. Like that. <laughs> like, like, like the second. It and was so like- you were just sort of a man alone in a room <laughs> yeah. staring at like what? An end of nothing. meeting screen. Yeah, yeah. We were just completely booted. Like not Incredible. even like, okay, thanks very much. See you guys. It was just like <laughs> gone. And also like I just put Mo down. For, for, for his sleep, run upstairs, put on a jacket, stood, sat down in front of this thing. Hadn't really had time to process anything like um, about the, like, you know, Anya had gone out to dinner. And then as soon as we'd lost and the Zoom call just disconnected, I was like, oh, I'm also just completely alone in this house too. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. But well I mean, done. It's not the most depressing thing about the pandemic, but it's one of those things that's <laughs> like, it's one of those things that is depressing about this pandemic that I never could have predicted, you know? Yeah. Like all the big depressing things, it's like, of course, that's going to happen in a pandemic. But there's all mm-hmm, these like mm-hmm. little, there's like little nuggets of surprise for new depressing things to find out about this horrible world we're living mm-hmm. in now. Do you know what I'm struggling with at the moment, Michael? Speaking of things that I didn't really foresee as like part of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm really struggling um, going back to having to use keep cups because for a while there, you weren't allowed to use them. Oh, and everybody they were gross and who knows what coronavirus is on them, et cetera. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think it was just like, we don't want to have to touch it, stuff we don't need to touch or whatever. Of course, of course. And even the most judgmental cafes were like, it's fine. We can't. Yeah. Now they're yeah. starting to bring them back. And like, I'm not saying I want a second wave in Sydney because that will be horrible. 
But yeah. I am saying that I'm starting to get like a little bit of snark from from various. Can I make cafes. a suggestion, Ben? Sure. Rather than um, taking a keep cup to these cafes, do mm-hmm. you want between fifteen and thirty thousand of your own paper <laughs> coffee cups that you could purchase uh-huh. at a very reasonable price from a close friend of yours that you could? Uh, just so turning up to a cafe, go, but like, no, so this I've got go, my- this is this is my this is my paper cup that I'd like you to serve this in. <laughs> is that, is that what it is? Yeah, I will be throwing like, this out. It's branded. It is branded from a different cafe that no longer exists now. So due, that's a due thing. to mismanagement. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, you're welcome to it. <laughs> so it's like the worst of all possible worlds. It's it's. I will be throwing this cup out, and also you have to touch something unnecessarily. Perfect. I love it, Michael. Um, or you, or, as you, or know, you could just bring a sleeve and leave it at the cafe that you go to, and just get them from your sleeve. You know. Then they don't have to touch <laughs> like- it. Have your own stash. <laughs> I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. Yeah. Um, how right. have you been in the in? Because like we're kind of back. It feels nice to be back on solid footing with an irregular schedule with this podcast. Because we went a terrifying couple of months there, where this was really consistent and predictable. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like our listeners got comfortable. Well, uh, here's what I've been the last doing. Thing you want. Yeah. In the last couple of weeks since when we when we had to take a break from doing the podcast, I um, started streaming on the internet, streaming video games on the internet on a, on a website called twitch.tv. I don't oh, know if you've heard oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Yep, and, yep, yep, yep. Um, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm not very good at it, um, but it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of what, the same what? skills I already had, which is talking and also playing uh-huh. video games. I've said um, that of you, that you can do both those things. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the, the kindness. Uh, but I have found that... Uh, there are some technical issues with streaming video games that I wasn't aware of. Um, just sort of like the fiddly things with specifically trying to communicate to people uh, in a way that uh-huh. um, is direct but non-public through the Twitch um, through the Twitch app. So, for example, as I was streaming last week, uh, I had to have Twitch open. Then I also had to, so I could read the chat from the public people who are watching it. And then mm-hmm. I also had to have a separate Discord open so I could talk to friends of the show, uh, Mark Bonanno, Naomi Higgins, and Tom Walker, who I was also streaming with, right? What were you playing? Uh, I was, we were playing a bunch of different games, mostly World of Warcraft. Um, okay. Dave was in there for a bit. Everyone hates World of Warcraft, but I love it. Mm-hmm. So, we were playing that because we were doing mm-hmm. the thing that I wanted to do because it was yep. my stream. Anyway, uh-huh. so there was a point where uh, Mark was trying to join the Discord server so he could chat to me. Um, and 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 Mark and Amy, uh, sorry, and Tom and Amy and everyone, but um, he said, "I'll oh, just message it to me in Twitch." And so I clicked on his name in Twitch, and I went to whisper uh-huh. it to him. But then, just uh-huh. the way the dialogue opened up, I copied mm-hmm. the Discord link just into the public chat rather uh, than sending it to Mark. What's which- the analog version of that? <laughs> Um, like what did you what did you effectively just do there? I just I invited everyone to the Zoom call. I invited every <laughs> single person to the fucking Zoom call, and and luckily the, the the I had I had a person there who I'd made a like they in in the chat in Twitch they have these things called mods. So you give someone yeah. mod powers and they can delete messages and clean things up. But the problem is the only person who outranks a mod is the person streaming, which is me. So, my <laughs> lovely mod was, like, trying to be like, I, I, I'm trying, honestly, I'm trying to delete it thing, but I can't because it's like, <laughs> this is a coup. This the, Twitch thinks this is a coup. Like, I'm trying to boot you off your own channel. And I'm like, just fucking ban me from the chat. I obviously can't be trusted. 
So was the Discord flooded with with viewers or uh, very momentarily, and then it was and then it was cut off. Um, we just <laughs> shut it down. Um, so it was it was basically not a problem, but it just was emblematic of my uh, inabilities to mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm, a mm-hmm, to not be a mm-hmm. fucking boomer in twenty twenty. Um, you know. So are you finding are you finding you're enjoying Twitch? Uh, am I enjoying it? I what was quite funny is that <laughs> it's an, that, sorry your reaction there is really telling because I know a lot of people who do Twitch and I know a lot of people who do Twitch like quite successfully mm. and when I say to them are you enjoying it which to me isn't a loaded question it's quite a simple question I get that exact thing where it's like huh am I enjoying it? <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? I already if I, if if I ever want to say anything to a to an audience. I have so many avenues to do that already, right? Sure. I have two podcasts, a radio show, I do stand up. Yep. Like, there's no, there, there's mm-hmm. no, I, I'm not lacking a platform, right? Sure. Uh, so I'm, I was looking for like, what is the fun thing about Twitch that isn't performing publicly that I can really, like, that I, that yeah. will bring me some sort of enjoyment? And That's there's like a direct relationship with the audience that I like. Uh, and yep. that, that audience is global, which is nice. And it's like live, which is quite cool. Um, yep. But really, the thing, the only thing that really made me enjoy it, was that uh, so the, people can subscribe to your Twitch channel? They pay you a certain amount of money, and then they mm-hmm. get little benefits like little emotes and you I don't actually don't know what they like. That. Yeah, you get hand job. Job. Jeff you, Bezos you go, you, sucks you off. You know, no, you, you've um, got to drive around to each of their houses <laughs> individually, know, individually, and give them each a hand job. And and because I haven't set up my Twitch um, channel yet, there's no reason to subscribe to it because you won't get anything from it. Like you won't. You won't yeah, get any yeah, benefits, it's, hand jobs, or it's otherwise. Like for exa- it's like, for example, signing up to the, uh, the Patreon for free. The free home. home Patreon. <laughs> like, why, you, know? why would you, you don't get anything. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's it's pointless. Yeah. And so I uh, yesterday, sorry, last week when I was doing it, uh, I was streaming with Tom, and Tom was yelling at me because mm-hmm. I hadn't set up anything, and I'm terrible at whatever. Also, it seems like that is like kind of the 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 most the, of what the, the meet Twitch, yeah. The medium of um, the chosen media of communication, the lingua franca of, of Twitch is screaming. Is screaming. Yeah. Uh, and then his audience, in order to troll him, decided just to subscribe to my channel because they thought, this is how bizarre these people are. They were like, well, Tom doesn't want us to give Michael Hing money. And so we'll just give <laughs> Michael Hing a lot of money. And so I, like, I looked at the, the stats. I made like several hundred dollars last week. What? Not because I did anything good. But because Take people that, hate Tom, because <laughs> people were like, "Yeah, fuck you, Tom." <laughs> yeah, it is like it is interesting that thing of like you can play like on Tom's channel. I think this is like similar on like like Jordan Scobbler's channel and and I think Mark Bonanno's mm. channel maybe where you can play noises to irritate those people. Yeah, I don't have any of that on my channel. Yeah, but you have to pay them to do that. So like yeah. it's anyway, it's a, it's a. I well, think, here's I my. Think, he, yeah. I, don't, I don't have any annoying. I don't have any annoying. Um, like noises to play or whatever. But what I have uh-huh. said is that for every $500 I get on Twitch, I'm going to reveal another digit of Tom Walker's personal phone number. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so once we get to- if Guys, if we can raise $5,000, you will get- I, I promise you, you will get- Read out on Twitch, Tom Walker's personal phone number. Well, also, you could raise- you could honestly raise four thousand five hundred and then just guess, <laughs> just guess the, the last, last one. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, it's one in ten chance, right? Just call them all. I mean, what can, are you going to do? You could probably, you probably just just raise four thousand dollars if you've got all afternoon. You know what I mean? Like, 
Oh man! Um, can I tell you? Can I tell you one more story before we uh, before we get I out? Love that. Before, before not before we get out, before we get into the actual podcast. We're not we're really not, in, not encumbered by a fucking guest. That's we true. We don't have That's fucking true. number forty four gabbing away. You know what oh, I mean? Stretch these arms out. We're sick of hearing about Medicare for all, Barack Obama. Come <sighs> on. Um, sorry. Uh, what's this thing called? The Affordable Care Act. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yesterday. You know. You, you know. What's your What's your favorite question? Ben, what is your favourite question <laughs> about Olympians that you always ask? Do they fly first class? Exactly. Now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got to hang <laughs> Sorry, out with an Olympian you- yesterday. Okay, so to bring up speed, I'm obsessed with uh, a, a, a very specific marker of wealth in mm. all areas, which is does X person fly first class? So that's- Yes. Yeah, and, and, and especially Olympians. Because obviously they could be the best person in a country or even the world in a certain sport. But if that sport yeah. isn't, say, one of the top ten, you just don't know how rich these yeah. people are, right? And it could yeah. it could fluctuate wildly. Like if you're the best yeah. hammer thrower in the world, do you fly first class? It's a thing you're. I think if you're the best about. hammer thrower in the world, you have another job. And I hope right. it's carpentry because that would be cool. <laughs> just from from eighty meters away, there's one nail and you're just hurling yeah. a hammer. At just it. got a box of hammers. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so you hung out with an Olympian. They let you hang, hang out, out with an Olympian? Olympian yesterday. So we're doing a. We're, we're, we've got a forthcoming video series with Triple J where we're. Um, it's kind of a funny idea. We are. Lewis and I are meeting up with Olympians and we're playing because the because the Tokyo Olympics has obviously obviously been delayed a year. Yeah. Um, oh, why is that? Because uh, of a thing called the novel coronavirus. Um, oh, COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. You've have you heard of it? Um, I have. Yes. And so we were like joking about how that's just one extra year for us to qualify for the Olympic team. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so it's like it's like that, that classic thing. Like, can you do a marathon without any training? It's that classic thing. But like, you know, rather than it's like, can I qualify for the Olympics? Right. Okay. Uh, so the stakes are very high. What we what we were doing is meeting up with a bunch of Olympians and playing them in their sport to see. Uh, uh, um, and if we beat them, we get their spot in the team, right? Okay. And there's like now, some there- sports where you, th- where obviously it's impossible, right? Physically, yeah. Obviously, weightlifting, you know, they can just physically lift weights I can't lift. But sure. there are some sports sure. where I'm very curious as to what these sports mind, are. Well, is <laughs> in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, I could I could, could I could I be could I be a savant? <laughs> You know? Well, what do you, well, hang on, give me an example of one such sport because I'm I'm willing to, I'm willing to go along with you if you can of course, provide of me course, with, a, with an so example. So we can we can we can like the, the the things you do every day, right? That yeah. that you know you have physical limit at. Like for example, running, swimming, um, hammer throwing or whatever, weightlifting. Mm-hmm. You know that you just can't do that. What about like sure. th- there is a is there a chance though that for example you Ben or me Michael Hing yeah. could just actually be a fucking gun at like archery, right? Like, uh, do you know what I mean? Obvious, obvious, obviously, the people who are at the top of their game, <laughs> they train a lot and have worked their whole lives for this. But part of me is like, uh, could I be a savant? You know, could I? some I people think- wake up and they can speak Mandarin. Do you know what I mean? Sure, like, sure, sure. Like- yeah, no, look, I can, I can see... I can see a version of that happening in my brain. Sure, 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 yeah. sure. Or so if not in reality, at least a movie, right? You can see it being sure. the plot of a movie. <laughs> Oh, are you thinking of Rookie of the Year? Or I'm, thinking, need to, I'm specifically to... thinking of Happy Gilmore. I'm thinking of the movie Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, where it's you like, are. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's they, maybe what this sport requires, rather than the millions of people around the world doing it. What this sport requires is actually one outsider to really revolutionise the but game. You know that he was good at soccer, at, at at 
at golf because he was already quite good at hockey. Yeah, I, 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 like I, he, I, I guess he, I didn't <laughs> see the first 20 minutes of the film. <laughs> <laughs> My understanding he, is that he was yeah. uh, very good at golf because he wasn't one of those snooty rich people. That's my understanding. It was a class warfare <laughs> situation in the, the Gilmore film. Um, actually, no, oh, he, was this, very, is, is he was actually very band- bad at... He was bad at hockey except in one specific way, which was oh, smacking sure. it really hard and getting angry. Um, what was your question? Do you there's anything in this? The happy Gilmore girls? Is there anything in that? What do we think? Is that a funny bit? Uh, yeah, I love it so far. Um, okay, give me well, one scene laughed. from the. Ha- give me one <laughs> scene from the Happy Gilmore Girls. Um, I guess it's. I guess it's. Um, Rory and Lorelai. Uh-huh. Um, yep. Uh, I guess tackling someone on a golf. Uh, love it. Uh, yeah. See, that's yep. what okay, I. Are, that's what I was after. They tackle Bob Barker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at a celebrity golf tournament. Anyway, sorry. So I yesterday. Think those- oh, sorry. Yes. Go on. Yes. Oh no! Yesterday. I got to hang out with an Olympian. And mm-hmm. now I'll tell you the sport we were playing and mm-hmm. you can tell me if you think I was there was ever a chance that I was going to beat can this I person you, in the sport. Can I can I can I answer before you say the oh, sport? Oh sure, you can no, guess. Yeah. There was no chance ever. Okay, okay. No, I don't okay, care what the sure. sport was. Unless the sport was StarCraft, there was no chance ever that you were going to beat an Olympian. But I think. Tell me what it was. I think then, in, I, I didn't mean, I didn't think this until you said it, but this could be the StarCraft <laughs> of the Olympics. <laughs> the sport was table tennis, right? Yeah. Now, I, I, I didn't, obviously didn't, obviously thought 99 times that, out of 100, obviously this person's going to win. so much dexterity. I will grant yeah, but, you that I don't think it requires any strength. But it requires but, so much dexterity. But if, but if I was thinking like I've seen it on TV, you know, and I thought if we, we like I was chatting to Lewis about it, and I was like, <laughs> if we seen play it on TV, if we what play our absolute best game we've ever played, and right. they, if you got in, the, if you got in the zone, yeah, and they were like fucking hungover or something, yeah, maybe, maybe, right, like. <laughs> Okay. I didn't yeah. think it was likely that I was going to win. Have you but ever I was played like, against, like, forget an Olympian. Have you ever played table tennis against someone really good at table tennis? I See, up until this it's point, a- I thought I was the best person at table tennis I ever met. Right? Okay. Cause, and, I think I've obviously- played you in table tennis and you're not. Because <laughs> <laughs> growing up, because table tennis was, like, one of the few sports that, like, Chinese people excelled at, I, like, kind sure. of took that on as, like, oh, well, I have natural well, talent in this, in, clearly. It's in the blood. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Um, this, is my, this is my birthright. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Insane. So, uh, can, I tell you, can I tell you what happened? I mean, you can guess what happened, but I feel like I can just tell you what happened. Yeah. I was, yeah, yeah, unable, I was unable to return a single shot. <laughs> unable. Literally unable. Thing. <laughs> Even did, if- did, did paddle meet ball? Yeah, like maybe one in like maybe like maybe one in five times I was able to reach the where the ball was, but uh-huh. not a single time, despite my best efforts, was I uh-huh. able to hit the ball back into the legal area of 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 the the table tennis table. Has this been and in any way a humbling experience for you? Do you think? Or I mean, absolutely. Can I t- can I tell you how bad it got though? It got to the point where you say it doesn't require a lot of strength. They, the person we were playing, uh, her name is Michelle. She's an Australian Olympian in the the ping pong uh, in the table tennis team. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was able to hit the ball so hard and 
get it to bounce off the table at such angles that occasionally it would just bounce up and hit me in the face and cause a significant <laughs> amount of pain. Do you think she was... Do you think maybe some of that was her being maybe slightly angry at the premise? <laughs> like, <laughs> I will say she was, an, she was an incredible sport about it and was, like, very funny about it. Of course she's an incredible sport. She's an Olympian. <laughs> She, you know, you know the way in which the Harlem Globetrotters play basketball. That is how yeah. I felt she was playing table tennis. And again, everything she was doing was in the rule. But yeah, she was able to like she was like, you know, tossing the bat in the air to hit, yeah. to hit serves. She was like putting spin on the ball. So like when you actually try and return yeah. her serve, you can just leave your even if you have your paddle like straight and angle it, and you mm-hmm. don't even move it. It's mm-hmm. traveling at such speed and with such spin mm-hmm. that it will yeah. like sometimes bounce behind me, like off the yeah. panel behind me somehow. It's these just- are these are things that I imagine professional Olympian table tennis people are familiar with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> shooting? Are you so, going to try shooting? Uh, well, we've got a couple planned. We're, we're sort of there's a there's a lot that are we're restricted right now because of COVID. Um, they were Go worried on. that if we went to the Australian Institute of Sport, that we would infect everyone with our coronavirus. Sure. Um, so we sure. Have, so so we're we're in inquiries right. Now. I think we're gonna the next one we're gonna try is diving, and then I don't. Oh my know. god, you're gonna die! You're going yeah. to die! Well, I think that'd be fun. Um, I tried to get. I, as a kid, well, I've jumped was... off the, the the tallest board before, so I know I oh, can well, then do you're pra- it. Then you're practically an Olympian. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get I tried to get a friend of the podcast, Alex Lee. To do for an SBS thing, uh, mm. it looked like she wasn't going to be able to skydive for this thing that's now gone to air. And you would, if you if you want to see Alex Lee skydive, by the way, it's uh, it's get, fucking funny. Itself, SBS. It's really funny. Um, but when it looked like we couldn't do that because legal were kind of squeamish about it, I was mm. like, great, we'll just get her to jump off a ten meter board. I had a meeting with legal, and they were like skydiving. Like it was like I threatened them with like a, a, a worse <sighs> thing. They were like, oh no, no 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 no. Let, let her jump out of a plane. Like, we don't want her anywhere near that. Wow. Because I've definitely done it before. Like, as a kid, uh, when we were at the at our swimming carnival, um, they they opened up the, the top board at Homebush for us. Now, are you sure we it was 10 metres? Are you yeah, sure yeah, you don't yeah. just have, you don't just have kid- them. You don't have kid nah, brain and it was actually the, the three metre? And if we could do the mm-hmm. little one, they let us do the other one, and then we did the 10 metre one. I think someone got in a lot of trouble for letting us do it, but no one got hurt. Um, <laughs> and, they, and they also had, like, the safety- You know that safety bubble they put on? That the breaks the that breaks the surface tension of the water with the bubble. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So you don't so you're not like slamming into concrete like a yeah. It was you know so it wasn't it wasn't yeah. But it, um, it took me it took me a long time to work out what the fuck you were talking about with that bubble. And I was just oh, imagining sure. that that orb from Prisoner that chases them, <laughs> or, or, or <laughs> possibly made more famous in The Simpsons. <laughs> um, uh, a- anyway, Ben. So can yeah. I tell you that the best table tennis player in Australia, um, she was very open about this, she has a second job that does not involve table tennis. So, ah. so like, I, I, I was like, I was like, oh, so are you doing, like, and I was like, oh, so is this, like, full-time? She's like, no, unfortunately, there's just not a lot of funding for table tennis, like there is for sure. other professional sports. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that's a bummer. And she was like, yeah, but, she, you know, she's like, I've just got a regular job. And she's just, she just works nine to five and then yeah. practices an insane amount of table tennis outside sure. of that. Um uh, and she was, and I was like, "So, do you fly? Do you fly first class?" And she was like, "She was like, no, I absolutely don't fly first class." She was offended she by the, she in the like, face with the ball. <laughs> yeah, she was like, you, she was like, what? What are you? What are you insane? Like, you're gonna fly me first class." And she was saying that. Um, so she turns a- up to the 
she turns up to the Olympics sleepy because she's been in coach. Yeah, well, she turns up several weeks earlier, I think, and then and they train. Yeah, they, they climatize and train to the to the area they're in. But um, apparently, there's a hierarchy of, of of not just athletes but sports, and certain sports do get to fly. Like the the ritzier oh. sports do oh, get to swimming, fly. Your runnings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And then there are some Perhaps sports you're... that are so wealthy. She said yeah. there was. She's, she said there were some sports where they just hire a private jet for the team. Um, that's ridiculous. You know, and that's the elite level. Anyway, Ben, How so that was um, just me answering your, your long-time question of do uh, all Olympians fly first class? That is, a, I'm like, it's so rare that we pose a question on this podcast that gets an answer. And I worry that we've set a dangerous precedent. Sure, um, yeah. Um, well, I, half an hour into this podcast, Ben, yeah. should we begin? <laughs> yes, I've got one here that uh, a lot of people sent in. Uh, I want to I shout out just one of them, Hugo Dupree. Thank you very much. Thank Actually, you, I'll, I'll shout out to Hugo Dupree and Eleanor Gordon-Smith, uh, mm-hmm. both friends of the podcast and also just friends of Ben and Michael. So oh, thank you, well, thank you um, Eleanor. Yeah. Uh, notice you didn't thank Hugo, so- I did. I thanked Hugo the first time, mm, and then you said Eleanor- you can bring up I, with him. I mean, look, seems, to be honest, to be honest, uh-huh. I know who Eleanor is, um, but mm-hmm. we, we've never really hung out, so um, sure. I quite like her. I think she's great, but uh-huh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yep. describe her as my friend. I think that'd be an, okay. over, an overreach. Wow. Okay, well, if 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 Eleanor is offended by that, she can obviously get in touch, and no, we can I don't think she'd be offended. I'm the- saying that I'm saying I don't want to overreach and say that we're friends, sure, given that I've only sure. met her like three times. You know, it's funny because when she sent it in, she was like, "This is for my dearest friend, Michael," and I just wonder if that was you that she was referring to. Maybe she meant a and different that- Michael. Maybe she meant um, strange Kane. thing to put in the text. <laughs> are you su- are you suggesting that Eleanor Gordon Smith sent in? A classified to this podcast asking, uh, saying that it was for her good friend, Sir Michael Kane, <laughs> and sent it to thought, me. Yeah, maybe she thought that, maybe she doesn't know that guest schedule. Maybe she thought Michael <laughs> Kane was coming on the podcast. You know. Well, I mean, Eleanor, I'm really, sorry if you meant, I'm really sorry if you meant this for the episode that we're going to have Michael Kane on. And I'm sorry if we've squandered it on this episode without even a single. Uh, Night of the Realm, but uh, as it stands, <laughs> it's going. It's going on this one. Uh, this was said, like I said, by a few people. Um, it, it's a great ad. It's a great ad in its sort of brevity. Uh, it's from the Lower East Side of the Isle of Manhattan, and it's on Craigslist. And it goes like this: My sister is having an outdoor wedding in New Canaan, Connecticut, in May. Uh, I want somebody to be naked in the woods and to run through the ready- wedding in order to ruin it. I will protect <laughs> you from my family. <laughs> That's the whole ad. That's the whole ad. That's I think uh, it says we can discuss compensation privately. That's the, uh, okay. that's the, that's the, that's the money side of things. Okay. So, um, <laughs> do you think- uh, I yeah. think the fundamental flaw of this- is that I don't think a nude person running through a wedding would, in and of itself, ruin the wedding. Now, you've uh, not now been married, have you? So, I've never been married. Um, okay. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you are coming at this from perhaps a, a, situa- a, 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 a position of ignorance. Well, sorry. Hey, Ben, look, as, as a married mm. person, I don't want to- um, I, don't, I, I, would, I would love to hear from your lived experience. On this, mm-hmm, 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 um, mm-hmm. at your wedding, gonna- if someone had mm-hmm. run through the wedding naked, would it have ruined it, or would it potentially uh-huh. 
have galvanised the guests and the wedding party <laughs> against oh, the-, the nude man. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think what my do you think what my and Anya's wedding lacked was a common mm. enemy? Do you think? I just, I just know that that's often how that's often how people work. You know, we all hate each other until we find a common enemy, and then we're all uh-huh. brought together. You know. Uh huh. Look, you know, you might, you know, like you, it would, it would certainly break the ice. Uh, I'm actually looking at pictures of new Canaan in in Connecticut, and it is like. We we spoke earlier in the podcast about the film Happy Gilmore, mm. um, about the slobs versus just the, the snobs. The fanciest place you've ever you've ever very seen. much Shooter McGavin territory. Okay, um, okay, okay. So uh, yeah, it seems like it would be a very fancy, very uptight. Uh, lots of um, lots of cardigans draped over shoulders, perhaps. Oh no, it'd be fancier than that. It'd be sort of black tie. Um, right. Okay. There'd be big yeah. So people were often with um those like opera binoculars potentially at the wedding, you know, <laughs> top uh, hats, that kind of situation I mean, I mean, we're dealing with. Potentially, the, the opera binoculars uh, tend to be so you can you can see things far away, uh-huh. like at the opera. Um, well, so I don't uh, know what they're doing necessarily. What's the, what's the other one? It's not necessarily binoculars, but it's like a monocle mm-hmm. on a stick. What would you call that? Are, are you thinking of like a pince nez? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm like those little those. Yeah, those glasses that don't have whatever it is. I think there's a lot of sort of fancy uh, accessories, uh, eyewear, headwear. Yeah. Um, I imagine there's like a multi-tiered cake that maybe the nude man would would either run through or maybe push mm. a fancy lady into on his way through by right, accident. Okay. Well, I mean, how much would you have to? How much would you be have to be paid to do this? Is there any amount of money that would convince you to do this? If I like can get on, if I if I am running like from the the side of the venue or whatever, and like Bear into in a mind, fucking Ben, that you yep. do love to run very fast. I do, I do love to. If I if I can run through the wedding and basically into a car where there's a bottle of San Vittoria and a big bag of gummy bears for me, <laughs> <laughs> and be whisked away from there, but if I have to hang around and deal with the consequences. Even th- even though this person says I will protect you from my family, like you can't protect me from the awkwardness of of the fallout of this. I, if I can if I can just run straight out of there, never to be seen again, or into the woods or something, then I would probably do this for a couple of grand. Okay, okay, because it's like it's streaking is one of those things. Because this is streaking. Streaking is one of those things that is like a <laughs> Michael. Let's call let's call it for what it is. This is streaking. <laughs> streaking is one of those th- well I think you think of streaking as mostly being at like public sporting events right sure. and there was a sure, time sure, sure, in maybe sure. the 80s or 90s where streakers were considered sort of heroes of the people you know they were they were like, they were like folk heroes they were like uh, yeah. Robin Hoods they showed their sort of a new the guy running their- through the, the yeah. cricket or something and everyone would be like ah oh, what a what a bloody hero and all, all yeah. the commentators would have to say ah oh, we don't appreciate this they're spoiling the game but, ev- yeah. but everyone was like, lol, this is pretty funny. I reckon in 2020, yeah. though, yeah. I think streaking would be considered really crook because it's like sort of um, uh, exposing yourself and flashing and public nudity. I think oh, it's yeah. sort of in that kind of realm. I think possibly on both sides of politics, too, because I think mm. there's like some, some crookness. There's some crookness there. And then there's, there's, there's some like awareness, awareness kind of growing about like, hey, exposing yourself to complete strangers isn't a nice thing to do to people. But then sure. there's an authoritarian streak on the right that's that's kind of um, 
rising as well, which is like this man should be domed with a sniper rifle for disrespecting the rules. No, I think yeah, I think the day I think the day of the uh, of the of the happy go lucky uh, John Belushi esque streaker is is probably at an end. Yeah, not a moment um, too soon. But I think I think though that uh, uh, the the one bastion of like nudity, the the mm-hmm. one the one loophole that I think society would still be okay with would mm-hmm. be group streaking. Mm-hmm. I think individual streaking would be considered uh-huh. like very bad. But if you got like say a hundred people to be nude and run through the fo- out of the forest through a wedding, uh-huh. people would be like, oh, this is like an art piece or something. Do you know what I mean? Like the yeah, more organisation that that's called- that. Yeah, there's that guy who does that. Gets everybody to be nude in front of the opera house or something. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think if if, if yeah. you've organised it and got a permit or whatever, obviously you don't tell the <laughs> wedding people about it. No, but yeah, like, okay. You, you if, if the no, council's so you, are, so you, like, you can a, do it that way. Again, Michael. Again, Michael. Mm. Again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you've never planned a wedding before. The no. I reckon the first to second thing you do mm-hmm. when you're planning a wedding is call the council and say. Mm-hmm. Has anybody applied for a permit for a hundred nude people to be in this venue at the same time as my wedding? It's like it's right up there. Do you ever? I I, I don't know if you did this before you got married. Uh, mm. I, I, hum and I are not engaged, and we mm-hmm. never will be. No, um, okay. Hum and I are not engaged. Right, uh, right, right now. I don't know. Whatever the term is, we haven't. Become engaged. I've proposed. She hasn't proposed. Whatever. What do you mean? Right now, I don't know what the term is. What? Like, do you see? Well, I, do you see? I said time right now, but a, I, didn't as, want, as a... I didn't want. I didn't want to give people the impression that we were previously engaged and now weren't engaged right now. So I was trying to backtrack. Anyway, you are so afraid of commitment that you are afraid of committing to be committing. Anyway, <laughs> so go on. We're not. We're not engaged. Uh, mm-hmm. But I still find myself whenever I go. Congratulations to a on the engagement, by the way. No, well, <laughs> hang on. We're not. In- <laughs> I still find myself when we go to weddings being like, oh, well, uh, if when we get married, this will be mm-hmm. how we do it. Like, I like to well, take you can, things you can't from help other people's like, when, mm. when this, is, this is the person who sees an Olympic-level athlete and is like, when I'm at the Olympics, <laughs> this is how I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty nice serve, but probably a little bit too much topspin for my mind. <laughs> um, so, so, in this wedding that you're not going to have, yeah, what, but what recently, sort of I think I was talking about this on the podcast. I was talking about this mm-hmm. on the podcast. I went to uh, my sister's wedding where I was checking yes. with the temperature gun and whatnot. And yes. I- well, you, were forbidden uh, were, to, you were forbidden from dressing as Dracula I was by Hum. Well, she she disputes that, actually. She wanted me to correct the record and say okay. that um, she didn't say that I couldn't do it. She just said I should think about how that would make other people feel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the re- consider the record corrected. Um, record corrected. But- she she said she thought it would be fun, but she uh, that, that I should think about how it would make other people feel. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But one thing I did see at my sister's wedding that I loved was there was like twenty five people, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's how I'm gonna do this. That's how we're gonna get married." You know, going to a Just COVID safe wedding. Twenty five people. I think it was. Oh, it would have been maybe thirty people. It's very very few people. But if um, if I, I and so the one thing I've been thinking about recently is should we just get married? Again, we're not engaged, but should I propose, mm-hmm. should we just get married just so we can do it during coronavirus, just so we don't have to have a wedding? 
Because if, you, if you have a, a wedding, good, yeah. like if we have a wedding in like two years time or whenever, I don't know, whatever. I mean, once yeah. as soon as Hum hears this, she's going to leave me. But if we have a wedding in like two or three years time, <laughs> you know, anything less than probably like 60, 70 people, yeah, you man. know, it's going to feel weird. It's going to it's going to be like of, yeah. you're making a statement by not doing this. And then There's once you get to 60 or 70, I feel like then you end up inviting like. Yeah, everyone, you know, you, you know, you end up having to invite like 150 people again. This is yep. me worried about a wedding that I'm not committed to and haven't planned at all yet. But I'm still like mm-hmm, trying to think mm-hmm, about how to mm-hmm. save money and like not have to invite well, people. Yeah, I got to say, short of a global pandemic, like a global pandemic is like a pretty good out because there mm. are like a lot of policies. And once you once you factor in once you factor in family and once you factor in people who invited you to their wedding. And once you factor in the hundred nude people that are going to kind of run <laughs> through the ceremony, it just go. It just it just mounts, you know? <laughs> um, all right. Should we move on to another one? Yeah, go for it, Michael. You tell uh, me. You tell one... me. You tell me what's taken your fancy this week. All right. This is uh, sent in from Memphis. Sorry. This is taken from the city of Memphis, not sent in by Memphis. Uh, it was posted about two weeks ago, and it's entitled, We Broke Into, a- into Wendy's on Yates and Poplar. It's a misconnection in Craigslist. <laughs> You convinced me to break into that Wendy's at 2.40am. You took a 10-gallon pot of chilli and sat it on the countertop. You shoved one end of a hose up your ass, the other (laughs) into the cold chilli. And then you farted over and over, and the fart gas bubbled into the Mm chilli. You put the mm -hmm, chilli back mm -hmm. into the fridge and we left. We took nothing. You told me the next day that when they heated the chilli, all that fart stink would come out. Your name is Michelle. Please... (laughs) Reach out to me and let's go try someplace that sells soup or gumbo. I really love it. Can you please? I feel like I feel like I need to have this dot pointed out for me. Okay. Can you can you dot point out for me sure. what what happened so, in what order? So this is a misconnection. A person has met someone called Michelle who they're in love with, and the circumstances in which they met were they were hanging out one night uh, mm-hmm. randomly. And, and mm-hmm. Michelle convinced this person to break into a Wendy's, like a McDonald's, I guess a burger franchise, at 2.40 uh-huh. in the morning. Um, when they broke into the Wendy's, they didn't actually take anything. What they did, do, though, was Michelle got a hose and attached one end to her butt and, and put the other end into the chili. And then she sort of, uh-huh. the way you would like sort of blow bubbles into a milkshake, she sort sure. of farted into the chili. Uh-huh. Um, and, then, uh, and then they left, taking nothing. Now, I imagine this is probably just someone having a bit of fun, right, on the internet. This is probably a fake ad, you know? Possibly. Who's who's shoving hoses in their butt and and farting into chili? Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. Well, this is the thing. This is what what kind of got me about it. It was like, this is so, it's so wacky, but it was so specific that I was like, maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance this is real. I don't, I don't you know. You know what this does read to me like as? It reads to me like um, a kind of manic, a manic pixie dream girl escapade, but written by like an alien, like someone who's just slightly gotten it wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's got, but you can see sort of Zooey Dashnell sort of like. Yeah. This yeah. is an edited scene from um, <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or whatever. Yeah, like, it's just not quite right. Like, where it's like, oh, you're so fun and quirky. I can't believe we're breaking into a Chili's. Oh, my God. Like, my button-down life is like, could she be the one to save me? This is why what's she doing? What's she doing with that? <laughs> 500 days of fighting into Chili, you know, that kind of thing. I, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, what, kind, what kind of life do you think you would be living 
for this mm. specific thing to not weird you out and gross you out and be like, oh, why am I with this person? Like, in, in that movie, you know, like, mm. obvi- the, 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 the freedom that the Manic Pixie Dream Girl character offers the button-down yeah. man who, I don't know, writes stories for video games or whatever that character uh-huh. is, the chaos she brings often reflects the needs he isn't, he doesn't yes. have that aren't yeah. being met in his life. So, what specific need does this represent? Um, Again, I think this is somebody. It like this. This this appeals to somebody who fundamentally does not understand how spontaneity works, and like it. It's it's hyper corrected so the other way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I can be like, oh my god, like you know, I I I write these like you know you know copy for video games. I've I've never taken any risks, but I've met this incredible woman. We went out and we just like she just like said let's 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 ditch our reservations at this restaurant let's take off our shoes and just murder a homeless person and so <laughs> we did and we buried the body and it was crazy but that's what being spontaneous is it's like no that's you killed somebody that's there's not okay a- <laughs> there's also something to do with spontaneity where it shouldn't require accoutrements like <laughs> yeah. this this isn't a hose that you just find at the Wendy's. Well, like this that was is one like, of the things I was thinking of. Like for the, a hose yeah. to fit up your ass, it's got to be a specific, probably a medical hose, you know. And so <laughs> that means she's brought her own hose. And at yeah. that point, you've got to be like, well, is this spontaneous or is this sort of premeditated no. chili farts? If somebody is um, bringing an ass hose to uh, a, uh, a a first date, that that is that is to me what we'd call a red flag. That. That, and that red flag is that you're going to break into a Wendy's and she's going to fart into the chili. Have you ever been in a situation where you thought someone had, like, I guess the broader, <laughs> the broader, less wacky thing? You've been in a situation yeah. where, some, where, where someone tried to make you think that thing was a spur of the moment thing, but in actual fact, it was revealed that the whole thing was sort of a big plan that they'd been thinking about for a while? Um, no, but I think I would react so badly to that. I think I would react so badly because I would have such secondhand embarrassment that I would go along with it regardless. Like, regardless of how implausible it was, they were like, oh, my God, there's, like, this, like, there's this float going past and it's, like, playing Dunkishen, like, in Ferris Bueller. And it's, like, clearly, like, they've, like, paid for the fucking thing and, like, everybody's, like, overacting and they know a name. I'd still be like, oh, my God, it's like the movie. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd react so badly. I will do basically anything I can on Earth to, to save somebody, even if I don't like them. Uh, se- uh, embarrassment and it's a selfish thing it's because I can't tolerate it fuck you just reminded me speaking of secondhand embarrassment uh, my mother revealed to me the other night um, someone mentioned magicians while we were chatting and she was like <laughs> Ugh, I hate magicians I've never heard my mum express this opinion before and I was like oh well this this, this is like this ex- this is the Michael Hing origin story right <laughs> so she hates magicians and I was like why and she told me that her and dad go to a um a dinner for an organization they're a part of every year. And for the past 30 years, every <laughs> it's year. Mag- it's the magicians of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they kicked mum and dad out and now she hates them yeah, all. No, yeah. it's like a doctor no, thing. It's, it's, sure. a, it's a medical dinner. And um for the past 30 years, this organization has hired not just any magician, but the same magician who does the same set and has done it to the same people for 30 years. And every oh year, my, my mom has to go to this fucking dinner and just be like, oh, what? What's that behind my ear? Oh, there's a fucking... <laughs> and, like, doctors are very analytical people. Like, you're not exactly. meant to do the same trick twice, let alone 30 times for a room full of fucking doctors. 
This is yeah, Magic 101! And, and it's like literally this group of people who go out to this dinner every year. It's literally, like, I can't express it enough. It is the exact same, like, 60 or 70 people who go there every single year. And this and this magician comes out and does the same exact set in the exact same order. And they've just been um, hiring. And I was like, why did they hire over 30 years? And apparently what happened was... Like years ago, they <laughs> couldn't decide on what to get, so they someone and someone just said, "Oh, let's just get a magician." And every year they go to like argue over like what they should do instead, but they can never agree on anything else. And so the voting always comes down to everyone's <laughs> second choice, which is the same magician. That's how some of the Renaissance popes were chosen. So you can see that the- <laughs> it's like well, this person has just done the I same. Thought, and- I, what, what I thought you were going to say was. They accidentally, for his first gig, paid him 30 times more. <laughs> Back <laughs> and he's in, like, like well, 1990, yeah. they paid him like $4 million. You've just got credit dollars. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm uh, really like, uh, I'm really heartened that your mother hates magicians. It's like, yeah. it's, I think but it's But also, like, this has ruined all magicians for her. And we were trying, I was like trying to pitch her other potential magicians she might like, you know, like Penn and Teller or something. Sure. And she, sure. But she was convinced. That the sort of fifteen tricks this guy does were the that they were the only tricks magicians ever did, and they're all the fucking same. And like, she, and she's like, "Oh, you know exactly what they're going to do, and the patterns all the same." And then she's like, "Kind of <laughs> they annoying." Just turn up every bags. year, it's like this is a very specific thing, mum. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, Michael, you know what? I I don't think we will have a guest ever again. I no, mean, I, I mean, we 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 joked at the top that they've been dragging us down, and uh, and I think they have been. This episode been- is truly soared. It's truly soared. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've mm-hmm. enjoyed this and would like to listen to our, our Patreon streams, there's some live episodes up there. There's some alternate formats we've tried. Uh, you can find oh, that yeah. at patreon.com. Uh, it's actually now becoming, it's becoming sort of, um, like, for me, kind of shamedly worth it to give us money now. When we started this, we were like, you get nothing. And now I think there's like a couple of hours of content that you get if you if you throw us some money. I still haven't worked out how to make it so you don't you don't just give us a dollar and get everything that people who give us ten dollars get. But um what? Oh fuck, I just checked it. We're we're getting quite a bit of money with this Patreon now. What? Yeah. Uh and yeah. we're about we're getting five hundred odd dollars off our goal. Are- our, our first and only stretch goal is if we get fifteen hundred dollars a month, we will produce um a McDonald Land Extended Universe podcast series. Um yeah, a limited all series. seasons of the Reboot of McDonald Land TV series. Um, and we're we're about we're almost or just under two thirds of the way there, which is um, um, heartwarming yeah, but also close. baffling. We're 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 alarmingly close. We deliberately picked a number that we thought we couldn't get to, and yeah, and, every, uh, jokes every on month us. it creeps up. Um, um, but thank you um for taking time out of your day to listen to this show. Um, also rate and review us. It helps. It it of helps course. a a troubling amount. Um, just boosts up those charts. And then next year when uh, we go to the podcast awards, maybe we won't get booted off that Zoom call quite yeah, so quickly. I mean, I think next year we should nominate Free to a Good Home against Dragon Friends. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that would be something. And then if we beat ourselves, like if we're, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's, that's I mean, we could oh, yeah, lord it like over everyone. Practically an arbitrage right there. <laughs> um, as well as that, if you like, uh, if you like what we do, there's another podcast we do called Dragon Friends. We're doing a live show at the Comedy Store in early December. It's our Christmas episode special. It's going to be a fully improvised musical, um, or at least a oh, mostly shit, yeah. improvised musical. Um, yeah, oh, I, I think we have some tickets broadly left? based on the musical of Frozen, but I don't know exactly what's mm-hmm. going to be. 
uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And that's going to be like a big audience thing too. Like it's going to be the first time that we've played to like over a hundred people because the store's so big that we can actually socially distance people, which is cool. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, um but right, uh, yeah. Anything else you want to plug Ben? No, I just want to say have a lovely time. Um, mm-hmm. and oh, I do want to plug, um, I do want to plug finding uh, Desperado because uh, we had Alexi on last thing to plug it and I hadn't, I'd only listened to the first episode and I've been keeping it up to date and gosh, it's a delight. It's, it's so funny. good. It's so um, funny. It's Alexi and Cam. They've both been on the show. Also Ben Russell, also Alex Lee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's available uh, wherever you get this. Finding Desperado. It's a joy. So check that out. Uh, and until next week, bye. Bye. If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain If you're not into yoga If you have half a brain If you like making love at midnight In the dunes on the cape Then I'm the love that you've looked for Write to me and escape Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 